Hey, thanks for joining us here at Broad River Church. For video messages and content, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our Facebook page. Find us at broadriver.church. This is a great way to stay connected throughout your week, no matter where you are. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Kevin Mullins, for this week's message. everybody. Everybody's looking good. Listen, there's a, a bunch of good looking people in the house today and you are here too. So why don't you turn to somebody close to them? And, no, I'm just kidding. Everybody looks good. Why don't you wave at somebody today and let them know how, how happy you are to see them. Come on in front of you, behind you, make sure the people in your area have seen you wave at them. Uh, I'd like to invite you to open up your Bibles this morning um, to the gospel called Luke. It's, uh, there are four accounts of Jesus' life, four biographies we have of Jesus' life here on earth. And we're going to jump into a new series of sermons just in a few minutes. I'm going to need a few minutes to set this up. Gospel of Luke chapter 1, you're going to go to page 857 if you're using the Bibles that we provided, 857. Always feel free to use your own um, Bible, or um, if you have, want to pull it up on your device, you can do that as well. And we'd love to have you be there um, to, to be there for Luke chapter one in just a few minutes. I'd like to point out the Connect card that's in front of you in all of your seats. Um, if you're a guest with us today, you would have gotten this in the blue bag that you got as you walked in today. The Connect card is there to do exactly what it says, help us connect with you. There's lots of great things happening here, and we'd like to just get you uh, involved at any level you want to get involved. In fact, that's the same thing with this card. Fill out any portion of this card that you feel comfortable filling out. But if even if you don't fill out any other part of the card, please fill out this back side that talks about prayer requests. We would love to join you in prayer. In fact, our pastors and elders will pray over every prayer request that we receive this week. There's also a chance on the on the Connect card to talk about what's next. Our church believes in taking next steps. Uh, our lives as humans following after God should always be about moving forward. So take advantage the opportunity to select those next steps. We have baptism coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, you may want to serve. You may want to uh, dedicate your life to Jesus sometime in this service today. In, in any case, use that for that. Uh, speaking of guests, we have guests here in the room. We have guests join us online. Let's give our, our guests a big hand. Come on, let our guests know how happy we are that they are here. Sunday after Thanksgiving and they came to church. Come on, that's good stuff. I've been mentioning that we we're gonna have names of kids to adopt. We are still waiting on our sending agency uh, to get us those names. And so we do not have those names available today. Uh, we will have them available next Sunday. Um, we are privileged to be able to partner with a couple of elementary schools here in Norwalk and provide some elementary age kids who may not be getting anything for Christmas or maybe not much of anything, the chance to really enjoy Christmas and, and re receive some gifts. And I'm excited to be a part of that. We may receive them 
them during this week. If we do, we'll find a way to try to get them out even before next Sunday. Um, but for sure, next Sunday, we'll have them available. And we'd love for you to be a part of helping making someone, some kid or child in, in Norwalk just have a happier Christmas. Next Sunday as well, we will be receiving the only special offering our church receives all year. We call it our legacy offering because we believe that God wants to accomplish and build a legacy through our church and his kingdom building through our church. In fact, as I was talking this morning, I realized that this building that we're sitting in here that none of us in this room today had anything to do with, right? Even me, I, I showed up here and started preaching here and they said, here's this awesome church that, that you can use to, to spread the good news of Jesus. And it's a debt-free building, which is an awesome thing. And we get to worship here. But you know what? That's a legacy that someone else left for us. Right, And so we have the opportunity with our legacy offering to really build God's kingdom. And you need to know that 100% of what we receive in our legacy offering goes to mission happening outside of these four walls. We have six different partners um, that we will be partnering with this year. I, I mentioned two of them last week, but I wanna highlight two more this week. We'll highlight two more next week before we receive our offering. But one of the things we've been a privilege to be a part of for, for many years now, I think since 2012 is Christian Fellowship in India. This is Pastor Siraj, and really at this point, about 150 to 160 pastors and churches in southwestern India. Um, Christian Fellowship, we've been able to help in many ways throughout the years, financially supporting them. Um, Jose and I got a chance to actually be and have a missions trip there a couple years ago. We have not been able to do any missions trips the last couple of years for some reasons that some of you might, might be aware of, um, but that has not stopped us from being able to be a part of blessing uh, Christian fellowship. In fact, this picture is an actual picture that was taken with the funds that we sent last year, several thousand dollars that went there last year. We were able to feed somewhere between, they estimate somewhere between three and 6,000 um, women and children, uh, which is an awesome thing. And many of those women, they, had, they really had focused and targeted. Many of these women were widows. Many of women had lost uh, their husbands or, or partner. And so I'm so grateful to to be a part of that and it changes every year what we're able to be a part of their changes every year but a portion of what we see this year will of course go to Christian Fellowship Church in India and then two years ago we began partnering with a church called Haifa Baptist Church in Haifa Israel Pastor Jacinta and I got a chance to be there and Nazareth which is really close to there preaching and ministering there and listen I want you to know that God is on the move in Israel and all the different people groups that are there you know that it's not just one people group in Israel there's very very distinct and it's really a tough place for ministry but God is on the move and specifically with Haifa Baptist Church we have a partner chance to partner with Arab speaking people in uh, in Israel excited very excited about that this last year in fact um, they were out for COVID longer than we were they were out of their building for a very long time when they went back to their building they're ready to start having church again they had a tremendous problem with mold mold had set in all over the building so all of a sudden they couldn't have church so what we were able to do last year in giving was to help them clear out the mold from that building and also some other very practical things to just get back up and running so they could go back to having church again. So a portion of this year's offering will go to Haifa Baptist Church. Here's what I'm asking from everybody. If you're a guest with us today, this portion is not necessarily for you. From everybody that's a part of Broad River Church, 
maybe you join us online on a regular basis, just be a part of this in some way. We're asking everyone to be a part of it. Some have greater capacity, some have lesser capacity, but it's a big deal to God no matter what it is that we pray and ask him how he would have us be a part of that. Will you pray about being a part of their legacy offering this year? Amen. Today is the first day of a new church year. Uh, I know that it doesn't feel like a new year, uh, in fact, if, if you feel like me, it just feels like the first day of a season that's going to get really, really busy. But I, I want to invite you to turn the page with me today. Everybody say, turn the page. Right? Well, God has helped us to enter into his presence and promises this year like we never have before. And I want you to know this next year is going to be a year where our church starts to see the fruit of what it means for God's spirit to live inside of us. Amen, that's exciting. But, but the new year, so the new year for us doesn't start on January 1st, it starts right now. The first Sunday of Advent is the beginning of the church year. That's right now, so congrats to you and yours for being in church today. You made a, a great decision. In fact, let me be the first to say Happy New Year, okay? Come on, turn to somebody close to you and say Happy New Year. You can say that, let them know, Happy New Year. If you're joining us in our digital experience, you can put a little party hat emoji there, right? Happy, happy new year. To help us turn the page, we're gonna start a new series of messages today called Good News at Christmas. Good News at Christmas. Once upon a time in a land not so far away, Bethlehem is 5,655 miles from Norwalk, okay? So not too far away, uh, good news arrived. Well, listen, it, 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 as you compare it, somebody's doubting me, just look at the universe and know that Bethlehem is not very far, far away from here, right? Good news arrived. Now, there's good news with a little g, and there's good news with a big g. What's good news with a little g? I don't know, like gas prices have dropped far enough that I can uh, afford to buy a half a tank of gas without taking out a second mortgage on my house, right? That's like little g good news, all right? What's some little g good news? I lost, uh, this is not me speaking, I'm speaking on behalf of somebody who might have done this, okay? I lost five pounds before Christmas so I could fit into my clothes, right? That's little G. Why is it little G good news? Because I, I happen to know those five pounds have a way of coming back. Some, some of y'all looking at me like, no, no, I'm the only one that eats too much, all right? So yeah, <laughs> people are rebuking it in the name of Jesus, right? Okay, right. Why is it little G good news? Well, the gas prices might go back up again, but then there's capital G, capital N, good news. It's good news that doesn't come and go. It's once and for all good news. It's news, listen, that happened, it happens, and it will happen, okay? So there's never been bigger good news than the birth of Jesus Christ. Christmas is called the hinge of history because everything in human history is directly connected to this event. The, the good news that was announced by angels who showed up to working class, everyday people to make the announcement. This is like the verse before we get to the verses. We're getting to Luke chapter one, right? They described, these angels described the Jesus's birth this way. They, they said, this is good news of great joy for all the people. So why is the birth of Jesus good news of great joy? How was it for all the people? And if you are part of all the people, how is this good news relevant for your life right now? These are questions that we'll look at the next few weeks and Christmas Eve, this season of Advent where we prepare our hearts and minds, remembering what Christ means as we anticipate that Jesus will one day return again. We're gonna start with a very personal story in Luke chapter one. In fact, we have a tradition in our church 
church of standing for the gospel reading. So let's stand together while we read these verses. Luke chapter one, verse eight, this is what we read. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the Lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and for five months she kept herself hidden saying, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Lord Jesus, thank you that you will speak to us today. Lord, a specific word, no matter which background or experience we came from and no matter how we ended up in this place, you'll speak to us today. So I pray that you would start with me, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. You are my rock and my redeemer. We wanna hear from you today in Jesus name. Everybody said, amen. Somebody say, turn the page and you can be seated.
It's not surprising that we would step into Advent talking about a miraculous birth. Heard some noise I didn't want to hear, and I, I had to fix it now because it was going to bug me if I didn't, all right? So we're past it. We're, we're, of course, we're going to step into Advent talking about a miraculous birth, but did you notice not that miraculous birth? Right, just in case you missed it, this is the story of a birth of someone named John, also known as John the Baptist. A man named Zechariah, this is who this story is about, is a priest who, who shows up to the temple to offer a sacrifice to God. And I, I want you to get this picture in your head because it's important. Zechariah and his family and the people from his village, they all travel together to the temple. And then most of them stay outside and pray while Zechariah goes into the temple to make a sacrifice. Now, it's never boring to worship God, okay? But sometimes when you go to church, it's really, really not boring. And, and, and that's what happens this day. More on that later. But I, I told you this story matters for your life right now. So I need to tell you more about Zechariah and Elizabeth so you can get this good picture in, in what we read. Verse, verse 5 says that both of them come from a people of priests. Zechariah is the descendant of the division of Abijah. Elizabeth is the daughter of Aaron. You'll just have to believe me now. Check me out later. But they are both from this priestly tribe called the Levites. And Luke wants you to know something else about them. In addition to the fact that they come from a family of priests, he says, verse 6, they are righteous and blameless. Now, now, righteous is just an old way of saying, listen, they're good with God, okay? They, they aren't out there living lives of sin. They aren't out there doing all of that. If you looked at them, in fact, you would say, these are people that are following after God. They care about what God cares about. They want to live like God says they should. We might call them, if we looked at them, saints today. We might call them holy today. They are different. They are set apart. And that part of the story might seem kind of hard for us to relate to, feeling saintly or or holy, but, but in verse 7, Luke gives us another detail that makes 
makes this story real because they're set apart in another way. Verse 7 says this, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Now, we're going to read this story differently today than Luke intended us to. And it's a good thing. We are increasingly careful in 2021, increasingly careful about the way we talk about people who don't have children and really want them. We're, and it's a, it's a good thing, right? Being careful, right? There, there's a lot of pain for people in this place in life, especially if they really want kids, but they can't have them. So you just need to know that that's a good thing that we've treated that way. But when Luke says here that Elizabeth is childless, he means it to be received in a negative way. Because Elizabeth and Zechariah did not live in a world that was compassionate with people for not having children. You've got to feel this pain right away to get this. This deep pain that they lived with, both of them were painfully aware of how society viewed them for not having a child. Society viewed them in a very negative way. So not only then do they live with this intense inward pain. What's this pain? They wanted children, but they couldn't have them. But now they also live for years and years with this intense outward pain. So they feel it from inside. They feel it from outside being judged by their neighbors and friends. It must have been nearly unbearable. I read down all the way down through all those verses to verse 25, because I wanted you to see how Elizabeth, out of her own mouth, how she described her condition. She said this, she said, I am a reproach among people. Huh. Reproach is the way that you look at people when they walk by. Reproach is, there she is. That's Elizabeth, right? It's the things that you say to someone else behind your hand as they, they walk by. That's, that's Elizabeth. You, you know about Elizabeth, right? This is reproach. I'm a reproach, Elizabeth says. I'm a disappointment. People disapprove of me. I'm a, I'm a disgrace. So these are people who show up to worship at the temple. This is who they are. Not wild sinners out there doing wild sinning. Not even the wayward son or daughter that goes and spends their inheritance and then comes crawling back. Just in case, I want you to get this, just in case you had someone read the Bible incorrectly and explain it to you poorly, and they told you that when you become a child of God, it's like getting a blank check for anything you want in this life, and you'll never be sick and your washing machine is never going to break down and the brakes are never going to go out on your car. That's nonsense. These are people who have given their entire lives to God. Come on, you got to get this with me, right? They, they have served God faithfully, yet still the desire of their hearts has not come to pass. This is important because the Christmas season has become so much about the acquisition of stuff. In fact, so much about the acquisition of stuff that you would actually think that getting more and more stuff is good news. There's a problem with thinking that thought because we find out when we examine the evidence that anybody who ever got all the stuff never got any happier. <sighs> Getting stuff doesn't lead to great joy, but that's what the angel said was arriving in the person of Jesus. So as we turn the page on this new year, come on, say turn the page. It's important to see these two really good people who have served God well, but they still have this painful place that's not better. 
We know that they have desired a child because of what happens when they get to the temple. I read it fast, so you can go back and read it at your own pace. You, so you know a little bit about their pain now, but there's something else practical in this story that will help you. At the time of this story, Zechariah is a priest serving God in his temple. At the time of the story, there were about 18,000 priests that worked in the temple. About 18,000 approximately. Now, you can't get anywhere close to that many people in the temple. This system of worship, they worked in shifts. There was only one priest that went into the temple at a time. And it was a real honor to be chosen to go in. In fact, did you notice the story said they, they basically are drawing names to see who gets to go in. So about twice a year, it's Zachariah's shift at the temple, but he would probably only get one chance in his whole life to go into the holy place and offer incense. Y'all need to know this. This isn't just any day in his life. It's one of the biggest days of his life. In fact, as a priest, it is the biggest day of his life. He gets to go into where God's actual presence is and offer an incense offering. Now, if you haven't been around the Bible much or maybe a part of church in your life, this whole system will seem very strange to you. And by the way, you're right, it is strange. But by the way, this is a great place for people who are just figuring out who Jesus is and what that means in their life. You don't have to understand all of this. You can belong here even before you believe. So if this seems odd, I get it. Watch this. This isn't necessarily the sermon, but I still want you to get it. Because of Jesus, we don't have to worship this way anymore, right? How many of you glad we can just show up here and offer our praise and offer our prayers directly to God? I love that. But before Jesus, the priest was essential for the people outside being able to offer their prayer. That's why verse 10 says that people are praying outside. They're outside praying. The priest is making an offering so that God receives the prayers of the people. And while Zechariah is mid-incense burning, seemingly out of nowhere, this angel appears. We find out later his name is Gabriel, standing right over there and says, Zechariah, I've got good news. What's the good news? Verse 13 says, your prayer has been heard good news your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John and good news you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth I, I asked you to consider their pain but now I want you to try just to get a little bit of Zachariah's emotion in this moment you've been praying your whole adult life I'm not exactly sure how old he was. The Bible doesn't say specifically, but if we do some research, I'll give you a broad range of his age. He was at least, y'all ready? At least 70 years old, and he could have been more than 90 years old. So he's been praying for 50 to 70 years for a child. Year after year, praying, year after year. And you keep looking in the mirror, if they had a mirror, and they said, I'm just getting older and older. Year after year, I'm praying and my prayer is not being answered. I'm preaching this to some people today who know what it's like to keep praying and to keep wondering if God is listening. Year after year praying. For some of you who've come to be a follower of Jesus, maybe more recently, maybe you wouldn't use that language, I've been praying all those years, but you, you would probably say something like this, I've been hoping for something for a long time. I've been waiting for something for a long time. The, the season of Advent, as Pastor Mike set us up so well, is a season of waiting and anticipation. And so maybe you'd say, yeah, I've been waiting for a long time. You'd have to fill in the blank for what it is you've been waiting for. 
But yeah, it seems like I've been praying, not hoping or wishing for a long time. In fact, as holy as this man is, I think a part of what we're about to see when you read these verses, a part of what's happened is Zachariah saying something like this, hey, why, why did you wait so long? Right? God, you, you couldn't have shown up, I don't know, like when I was in my 60s? When I didn't have to use a cane to walk around? When every night when I got home, I didn't have to put heating pads on my knees if they had heating pads? Lots of things they didn't have, okay? <laughs> Their prayers, we find out, have been answered. Liz and Zach, let's call them. They're, they're finally going to have a child, but watch this. Not just any child. Sometimes when we're waiting, it's because God is up to something bigger than what we had in mind. I want you to write that down. In fact, I'm gonna go stronger than that today. I want you to leave that up for a little while there. I wanna say this even more confidently. Anytime we're waiting, it's because God is up to something bigger than what we had in mind. Have you ever noticed, leave this up. Have you ever noticed that the life has a way of breaking down our hopes and dreams? You ever notice this? You get married, you say, we get married, we're gonna have the dream of marriage. 10 years later, it's like, if you'll just shut up, I'll live with you for another day, right? No, not me. Not me. I hear this in counseling sessions, right? Now, Pastor Jacinta probably has said that to me before, but <laughs> there's this breaking down of our hopes and dreams. The Bible calls, or the yeah, the Bible calls it decay. What is decay? Decay is the process of death. It's one of the laws of thermodynamics. Things have a, a way of going to a lesser state, not a greater state, right? What is death? Death is the result of living life differently than God designed us to live it. It breaks our hopes and dreams down so much so that we'll just settle for less. Well, at least it's something, it's not what I prayed for, it's not what I hoped for, it's not what I anticipated, it's not what I waited for, but it's, it's something. I'll just say, and you need to know that God's plan for you is different. God's plan is not death and decay, it's the opposite of that. While you are waiting in God's plan, he's preparing something bigger and better than what you had in mind. Anybody glad about that, Amen. You can take that one down. So you've been waiting for a baby, faithful people, but this isn't just any baby. This child is a very important child. In fact, the baby that Elizabeth is going to birth, Elizabeth is gonna be a direct part of God's plan of salvation for everyone. What do you mean it's different? What's so special about this child? He's more than you hope for. Verse 15, watch this, says, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Get this, before he is born. That sounds special. What's so special about this baby you've been waiting for? He's more than you prayed for. Verse 16 says he's going to help turn many people to God. Huh, that does sound special. Well, what's so special about this baby you'll name John? He's more than you anticipated when you prayed. Verse 17 says he will be the next Elijah. Yeah, that's more than we prayed for. We didn't have next Elijah on our bingo card, right? He will be the one, verse 17 says, who helps prepare people for their encounter with God. The good news of great joy is about the coming of Jesus Christ. And Elizabeth is the cousin to another woman named Mary. And if you're wondering, you mean that Mary? Yes, the baby that Elizabeth and Zachariah have been waiting for is the cousin of Jesus. He's the one we call the Christ, the anointed one, the one the world has been waiting for for all of time. 
a special baby. I want to bring this good news close to us today in two different ways. As we turn this page to a new year right now, today I want you to hear two things from this story, and this is for everyone. In fact, that's the, the first thing that I really want you to see, that this good news about Jesus is for everyone. You need, to, you need to get this, Zach and Liz, they aren't young. They, 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 they aren't rich. They aren't powerful. The people that God chooses to open up the door to the most important person and event in history aren't the people that you and I would choose. I'm saying this because I want you to consider yourself and understand that Zachariah and Elizabeth, they aren't in a better place than you. They aren't better. They aren't stronger. They are good people who love God. But as far as I can tell, Zachariah responds, they don't even have more faith than you and I. The first people who are given a glimpse of the coming Messiah are an older, childless couple suffering through the pain of wanting and never having. Listen, these are people that are disappointed with life and how life has played out. And God says this, I'll choose you. I'll use you. I see people miss out on God's blessing all the time because they look at the circumstances of their life and they interpret those circumstances as a sign of God's choosing to not use them or bless them. Well, a pastor, if God intended to do good things for me, then why did my husband leave me? If I'm chosen by God, then why did I have to declare bankruptcy last year? If God is planning to use me, then why did I lose the job that seemed like a dream job? Why did I lose the house that seemed like the dream house? It just doesn't add up. God must be displeased with me. It's not that way for other people, God. I see other people. You're blessing them. You're using them. He blesses other people. What does he, what does he say? I'm disappointed. I'm a reproach among my people. I'm a disgrace. So I love that the good news is for everyone. And really the second thing I want you to see is just like the first, it's just more specific. And I, I believe this word is specifically for some people in this room today. The birth of Jesus Christ is good news for everyone. But the second thing I want you to see is that it is good news no matter what stage of life you are in. It's good news for you. What, what do I mean by that? I, I love that our church is beginning, becoming so focused on our kids and our students. I'm excited for all that God is going to do through young people here. But I, I wanna tell you, I am just as excited, as excited as I am about students, I'm just as excited about what God is building and preparing and unlocking in people who might feel like the best of their years have passed. Just as excited. The birth of Jesus is not just good news for young people who still have almost all their years in front of them. It's also good news for people our world calls older who still have the best of their years in front of them no matter what stage of life. I'm so glad that God is restoring marriages in this church. And for the example that our church is going to be for families and families that stay together and love each other. But I want to tell you, as excited as I am about marriage, I, 
I'm just as excited about how God is raising up people who are single in our church and even some that God is calling to singleness and the example they are gonna provide to a world that says that you are only good as a certain type of relationship. No matter what stage of life you're in. I love that we have people here who have followed God all of their life and they can quote scripture in the right places. They, they grew up in the church and it's just God's word is hidden down inside of them. I love that. But I want to tell you, I'm just as excited and glad that God is just as likely to use someone who makes the decision to follow him today that doesn't know any scripture and doesn't know when the right time to say it. God still wants to use you too just as excited. The good news is for every stage of life. I don't care what stage or place in your life you are. This is good news for you. It was good news for Zachariah and Elizabeth. They finally have a child. And I want you to see this. In the act of giving them a child, God demonstrates his grace. What do I mean by that? Elizabeth's shame is removed and her shame is replaced with a demonstration of God's favor. <sighs> Remember, her shame wasn't just private, it was public. And so her disgrace among the people is replaced with a son who preaches a message of repentance to all the people. Pray with me today. Lord Jesus, thank you for the replacement that you are for us, that you stepped in, that you stood in the way in those places of shame, in those places of disappointment. Lord, thank you that the good news is not just an abstract concept. It's not a, the good news is not just an artifact of history, but the good news is a person and it's just as real today as it was for Zachariah and Elizabeth. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to people in this room right now that have things that they were a part of, things that happened to them that happened a long time ago, experiences when they were eight years old and 12 years old and 20 years old and 30 years old and year after year, we, we live with that and we live with that shame. Lord, thank you that you replaced that shame with a sign of your favor in the person of Jesus. But I pray for people that are not able to move forward in their lives because they're ashamed of something they actually did. So Lord, I, I speak right now over the people who would say, I, it's, it's the place that you've been trying to hide and that place that you're hoping that no one sees. So let me just ask you that question. What is your place of shame? What is your place of disappointment? What is your place of disgrace? What is that place that you hope no one ever knows about you, no one ever sees? What is you, that thing that you hope that no one ever knows? I want you to know that this could be the first day of setting that thing aside as Jesus replaces that, as he steps in to this moment with you. And I, I just feel as we've been singing and speaking today that for some of you there's been a significant tug that you felt at your heart that you just feel like there's an action that you're supposed to take and I want you to know that that is the, the leading of the Holy Spirit that is Jesus calling your name specifically
that on this day, November 28th, right here in the middle of Advent, the first day of a new church year, that you could walk out of here differently than you came in with your, your head held high and your shoulders back saying, I'm a child of God. If that's you today, maybe you're feeling the, the Lord calling your name. I, I, I'm so glad to be able to just pray a prayer that you would say after me. And it's just about making a decision to follow Jesus. And this prayer is not something you'll have to do publicly. It's just between you and God. We're gonna call you up to the front or embarrass you, but I, I wanna give you the opportunity before you leave to make a decision to follow and make Jesus the leader and ruler of your life. If, you're, if that's you today, nobody's looking around. It's just you and the Lord right now. I would love to know who I'm praying with. Would you just let me know that it's you today just by, by lifting your hand, maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time. If you'd like to pray this prayer today, just where you're sitting, would you just lift your hand? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, you can put your hands down. Broad River Church, we'll pray this prayer with those that have lifted their hands today. If you're praying this prayer for the first time, especially just say this out loud with all that you have. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your resurrection and the new life that I have in you. Now I give you my heart, turn me back to you. Forgive me of my sins. I wanna follow you all my life. I love you, Jesus. Thanks again for joining us here at Broad River Church. Our heart is that you would come to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. If you'd like to take a next step in your journey following Jesus, just visit broadriver.church slash next steps. We'll see you next time.